Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete. It's regional week and and boy is it regional week. Uh, We've been at golf uh, regionals, the 4A and the 5A, which have been held in Lubbock. We're three-quarters of the way done. Girls' championships continue on Thursday with the back 18 of their 36-hole tournament. Boys are wrapped up. Really good showing by Lubbock Cooper. And we'll dive into all that. But also want to let you know that later on in the show, we'll discuss in brief the uh, upcoming regional track meet for 4A and 5A at Lowry Field, the 1A at South Plains. Should be a lot of fun. And we'll close it out with some softball playoff look ahead. And Brian, how are you doing tonight? Doing well. I think we both have a little color in us uh, from being out at the golf course today and yesterday. Absolutely. And it's been kind of a weird week because uh, Monday and Tuesday, particularly Monday, were just beautiful days. And then really girls, girls tournament begins on Wednesday, uh, 4A at Shadow Hills Golf Course and uh, 5A at Texas Tech's Rawls Course. And it was absolutely miserable when they got there, which is funny because everyone arrived about 645 for the 8 a.m. tea time. And it was near freezing, there was a mist, and the UIL decided to spare everyone and delayed the 5A tournament two hours and the 4A tournament three hours. So uh, it was kind of an interesting day because everyone got warmed up and they were ready to go. And then all of a sudden, everyone says, nope. So a lot of the teams turned back to their hotels because, you know, that you've got your lo- local area teams, but there aren't that many of them. And a lot of them are from, you know, the Amarillo, north, Am- north of Amarillo area, um, even down into the Permian Basin. So uh, they went back to their hotels and had to recuperate. I was wondering, I mean, you were with Cooper at the, at the 5A uh, tournament at the Rawls course. What were some of the things they did to handle that two-hour break? Um, obviously, I think they just kind of went home and rested up a little bit. Hometown, so... They're able to, you know, kind of just go to their respective homes and wait around for it a little bit. But here's an interesting take that I got from the tournament. Um, And talking with one of their players, or one of their golfers, rather, she mentioned that the the delay actually helped them, that she preferred the delay. Because uh, I guess she would rather it have been later in the day where they got to warm up, or the day warmed up, rather than being miserable in the morning. So whenever they got out there, you know, the sun was out and it was nice. And I think just the overall nerves of the situation where you get amped up to get out there and then all of a sudden they're like, it's delayed. And then it kind of turns into, I want to get back. I want to get out there now. So it was kind of an interesting take. Uh, Lubbock Cooper handled it well. They had a really good day today. They're sitting third with uh, 338. And... uh They've been there for the last three years at the regional tournament. Oh, no, this being their third year. And they're just trying to break through, go to state as a team. Yeah, and it seems that they're fairly young. I mean, they have a freshman um, on on their squad. Yeah, they are fairly young. And I think it's only one senior so far. But this senior also um, went to state her freshman year. So I think this is a really good Lubbock Cooper team, and I can – I foresee them uh, sticking in that number three spot, if not doing better, because they were just one stroke behind Alito, who's in second with 337. And I've been at the uh, 4A meet at Shadow Hills Golf Course, where Seminole's currently in third. Um, Snyder is in fifth. 
and level land is in ninth. So it's it's not looking great for level land, but Snyder is about 20 strokes out. I think they can probably make that up. I mean, they have to play some great golf on Thursday, but it's it's not just an insurmountable gap. Um, and they've got some familiarity with, with this course. All, all those teams do, um, particularly Seminole and level land, just because they played their district uh, championships there and a couple of uh, exhibition uh, tournaments before you know we got to the golf postseason. But you know, going back to just the delay, I'm just thinking about it like you know, you and me were football players, and you know, there were times during our careers like there was either a long injury break or a lightning delay, or you're just excited to get going and the game's postponed uh, because of rain. And I'm, I'm just thinking like psychologically, what did that do to you? Because I'm trying to trying to think about. What it's like, you know, here you are at the biggest meet, and you're hot, and it's going to be bad, but you're used to it, and then it gets shut down, and then you go to, like, to playing on Snapchat or something for the next two hours before getting warmed up again. You get warmed down. It's hard to come back from that because, obviously, your adrenaline is running, and you're getting ready. I was once in a game, and I believe it was Torneo, where it was delayed for two hours. We were sitting in the locker rooms for two hours, and at that point, I was just sitting there with my pads off, you know, just like you said, Snapchat wasn't around at that time, but just text messages, just text were messages. Old. And, uh, you know, when we went back out there, everybody was just didn't want to be there anymore. They didn't want to play. Our, our heads weren't in it, but it's a different sport. Golfers, I imagine, uh, have to go through this quite a bit. Yep. And uh, a lot of people thrived in the situation. I mean, Mallory Duncan, she's tied for sixth um, individually from Seminole with the 79 You've got a Snyder girl, uh, Kylie Valasquez with a 79, and then an unbelievable number by someone from um, Abilene Wiley, uh, Maddie Olson with a 69 on a par 72 course. Wow. I mean, you. I mean, the next closest girl to her is six away. That's a really good score. I mean, uh, y- yesterday, uh, 69 was one of the better scores, scores on the boys' end. I mean, that's a really good score. And then, obviously, boys' regional championships are over. Lovett Cooper looked fantastic. They got their black oh, team, yeah. their, their A team out. Hudson Carper, I mean, he's a sophomore, picked up the game three years ago. Only player at the tournament to shoot under through the 36-hole contest, and he did it five under. That's impressive. It's going to be a bright future for them as with him, you know, on the team. But this was also a Lovett Cooper team that uh, last year kind of set – set them old for years to come in that they qualified for state at the regional meet, mm-hmm. you know, last year too. So it's it's going to be an exciting one moving forward for them. And it seems like we're getting the usual suspects on, on both sides, you know, Seminole, yeah. Cooper. It, ju- it just seems like uh, these teams come in year in, year out. Yeah, and Seminole competed well um, yesterday. They had a kid actually hit a hole-in-one. Um, I believe his, his last name is Sales, Jordan Sales, I believe. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he got a hole-in-one, and that was the talk in the clubhouse. <laughs> that kind of just uh, reverberated through the whole room, and they even brought it up before the medal ceremony, and that got more applause than I saw than the medals, yeah, really. Yeah, I feel, I feel like if you uh, hit a hole-in-one, they should make a uh, special wire, wild card slot <laughs> for you for the uh, – the state championships you know it would have been it would, with that being said it would have been that much more sweet if that implication was in there and on top he did it on the 17th so it's like you're going through the whole day just 
you know, kind of being Trudging miserable through, and then yeah. boom, 17th, we're going to state. <laughs> <laughs> but also Snyder, Snyder had a good uh, golfer mm-hmm. yesterday, Jake Leatherwood. He was able to uh, finish third individually and he's heading on to state. This isn't his first time either. He's been there before as a sophomore, I believe. This is his senior year, but he, uh, you know, 72 isn't that bad. I mean, that's par. I mean, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, he scored a 72. And, um, yeah, that's not bad. But for some reason on the first day, you know, he wasn't quite thrilled with just being, I, think, I believe it was two over. Yeah, which is funny because uh, you don't expect many golfers, particularly at the high school level, to, to go under par. I mean, just imagine, you know, if, if you're an adult going out there, you know, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, there, there are handicaps and, you know, just it's – it's uncommon for a golfer to go under par, which is why when you watch the PGA, what you're seeing is so special. And even then, it only seems like 13 people, you know, hit the mark. And, you know, a lot more than that make the cut into the weekend. So it's it's a special deal. I mean, we've got some really good golfers out here. And, you know, just learning about the region, because it's, it's my first uh, year to cover golf in West Texas. I mean, the elements out here are not good most no. of the time. So these golfers are pretty well adjusted. They know how to work with the wind. Um, and it, it just seems like when they get out of this region, they really perform well at the state meet. I'm thinking about the Seminole girls last year. You yeah. know, got out and, and became a state runner-up. Um, Cooper, you know, just talking to uh, Coach Joe Sexton, you know, feels like they're in that conversation with a school like Dallas Highland Park. Yeah, he was really excited after, you know, day one. But then again, you know, Everybody's got to come out and compete again on Thursday. So hopefully, you know, we can get a couple teams out into the state competition. So moving on to regional track, it's going to be a big weekend at Lowry Field and your last track picks of the season because after this, everyone's going to be moving on to the University of Texas. Well, yep. not everyone. Uh, the top, I believe it's the top four per event. They will make up one half of a heat. Region two will provide for three and four will also provide four so there will be two heats of each event uh once they get down to austin so we've got some we've got some competitive teams up here um i'm thinking about braylon dollar you know one of the yes. top 25 discus throws in the nation according to uh, a track website and you know you know it's it's really hard in the, the world of high school sports to be certain of those things but it's a website that breaks through a bunch of different results and it has ascertained that she threw the 25th best throw of the year and, and looked really good when we saw her at the LISD Invitational and then won again uh, down in San Angelo at the District 4-5A meet and I believe won the area meet as well. So that's someone to look forward, uh, which is funny because she is a post player, West Texas A&M basketball signee. This is basically the end of her career. Yeah, at least her high school career um, in track and field. Mm-hmm. And maybe they pick her up as a thrower some, uh, somewhere and, down and, the line. You know, I was thinking about that, too, because track is an equivalency scholarship sport, which yeah. means they don't give full rides. You get a percentage of a, of a scholarship, and they split their uh, a lot at scholarships over a lot of different athletes. But Braylon would be a free athlete because basketball is a full scholarship sport. Maybe you should get into recruiting. <laughs> but, no, uh, I love the throwing events, so uh, I'm definitely looking excited. or I'm looking forward to it. But then again, I said it in the previous podcast, and I'll say it again. I'm a track and field guy. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> Estacado girls kind of broke through at their district yes. meet, which we saw at Lowry Field. Uh, that was the first time they had won since 2012. 
uh, and I really like what they have, especially in the speed events. They're, I think they're on a different level than, than the 4A competition they're going to see at this meet. They really do. Uh, if you get to watch any of their relays, they're probably the more impressive um, that I've seen in a while, you know. But, yeah, Estacado girls are definitely a team to look out for. Uh, I think they're going to be sending some people on. Yeah, and, and another thing, you know, the Amarillo teams are really going to be something to watch. They're about as competitive as um, Lubbock High, Monterey, and Coronado when it comes to the speed events. And, and for whatever reason, Canyon and Canyon Randall really seem to excel in long-distance events, especially on the girls' side. I mean, they are beating people by 20 seconds. On, and, I mean, we're not at a, at a part of the season where – just anyone's running in these races. I mean, these are pretty special athletes, you know, one through 16, one through 20, whatever you have. Whatever you have. Yeah, I wasn't really a distance guy and, um, and in high school, but now I love to watch it because particularly we get these runners that are just kind of outstanding to watch. You know, they blow away competition. But, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's going to be good moving forward. I think uh, when it comes to distance, it's more of a culture thing within the community. Um, look at sundown i mean cross country and long distance has been a thing for them for a while now and i think that's that's what it boils down to whenever you have a good cross country or long distance team is it's part of the culture yeah and and a lot of the times i mean there there are some exceptions you know you see like on the 6a level south lake carroll will win sometimes a long distance but there is a long um, track record of west texas runners going down to austin and winning and that's because you have to work with the elevation and the thinner Mm -hmm. air so you're breathing better down there um, Sometimes you get some Mike Grams who are blowing away the competition. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, uh, we also have some softball and uh, baseball um, to kind of round up here a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, softball playoffs begin in full on Thursday. Had two games on Wednesday evening. Shallow Water uh, won 28-1 against. 29. 29. Not that they needed that extra run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sh- Shallow Water is moving on. Uh, but we've got a great slate coming up in and one team that I really wanted to look at, just because of what they accomplished during the district season, is Lubbock Cooper. I mean, this is a team that robbed, quote-unquote robbed, uh, <laughs> Coronado of a 23rd consecutive district championship. Uh, they won by a game. They beat San Angelo Lakeview on the final night of the regular season, 22-1, to to get it done. So it was kind of a foregone conclusion, just yeah. considering Lakeview's um, track record, that that was going to happen. But even then... You know, you just thought like fate would intervene and somehow Coronado would get a share of that district championship and, and the streak would continue. It's it's almost kind of sad when you see something like that end, but it's also very exciting. You got to feel good for the underdogs because I think no matter what Coronado has year in or year out, they're favored for that position for some reason. And, and the Lady Pirates, I think, have been trying to take that away from them for a while. But I think this year, more than anything, it's personnel for Lubbock Cooper. These girls have been playing on that team for a while now, so it's experience. It's experience versus uh, pretty much like a revamping of a program with Coronado, maybe, if that's fair to say. Um, they, they graduated a big class, a big senior class, and they didn't bring back that much. And on the other end of the spectrum, Lubbock Cooper, their players have been together for a while. The chemistry's there. So coming into it, I knew Lubbock Cooper was going to be a threat in uh, taking away that that streak that Coronado did have. Quick side note, <laughs> just because this was exciting when I uh, when I saw it online, uh, Shallowater actually had a girl hit for the cycle. 
I believe it was Tiffany Constancio. Uh, hopefully I said that right, but I just thought we'd go back to that for a second. It's very rare that you kind of see that at the high school level. Yeah, shallow water's looking good. You can throw out a couple of two-way teams that are pretty good. good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then, but I think it's an above average year at the highest levels because friendship has looked very good all season. Friendship's competitive. Uh, you have obviously Cooper and Coronado. And I think Lubbock High is a competitive team that could uh, surprise someone in the first round. Not so sure about Monterey, obviously. They finish fourth, and, and they're dealing with a uh, Canyon team that is 23-3. and three. Yeah, Lubbock High's got a really good pitcher, or pitching-catching duel. You know, we always bring them up, but it's true. And uh, I think you're right. I think they are going to surprise some people. I, I think in this area in general, softball is really, really competitive and really good. And I really foresee a lot of them pressing on, you know, to the regional. And it, it's – I'm excited for it. And be, oh, go ahead. Oh, no. You go ahead. You'll be <laughs> able to see all the uh, softball action uh, either in the Lubbock Avalanche Journal or our website, LoneStarVarsity.com, alternatively, LubbockOnline.com, and the Sports tab. Uh, we'll, we'll throw that out. And normally we don't throw out box scores during the regular season, but we'll put those out for you too, and you can see how a team is, is handling each game night by night. Uh, most of these which is kind of funny for me for, for softball since they usually use the same pitcher game after game, yeah. best of three series. But that's what that's really become the trend the past, I guess, eight years that they, they play best of three series. So we'll, we'll have that night by night. Uh, baseball will get going next Friday. They completed their regular season on Tuesday. There's some exhibition games, but really the emphasis on Friday is going to be game twos and game ones of the softball postseason. Baseball's actually got at least some teams still have a, a district game, a one, you know, left. But when you talk about the three-game series, you usually see the stud in the first game. And then if they have to go to a third, she's back in the circle. Mm-hmm. I think that's con- the common trend when it comes to that because there is no pitch count, like you said. Yeah. And, in softball it's been interesting i remember i had a game one time where it went the distance went three games and this team used the same pitcher tallied up her throws 336 over three games which seems a little dangerous even though um the motion i mean because people are under the impression that the motion of a softball throw isn't as harmful as a baseball pitch but i disagree especially when you get up to that number (laughs) really really you're talking about it, just the rotation. Yeah, and like everything I think it's. A, I, yeah. I, I don't feel good when I when I try that motion. Yeah, there. But then again, all year round, uh, they're they're tossing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're getting ready for it. Um, late in the playoffs is whenever it really starts affecting them. Whenever your stud is just pitched two back to back three game series, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's why depth is so important. Yeah. And speaking of depth, Lubbock Cooper softball. Marley Goolsby and Autumn White, two very capable pitchers that can be interchanged. And I think they worked a third one into the rotation. And uh, she got some big minutes. And like like we keep saying, I think they're going to be a really good team down the stretch. And that's a really good thing because any pitcher, especially when you're reliant on one, any pitcher is going to have a bad night during the postseason. There's no doubt about that. Uh, And it's nice to replace them. And I think sometimes – Pitchers are a place just for show because they really have no one else. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, their, their pitchers are so rattled. But, it, yeah, I would say that having two or three pitchers on your staff, definitely a sign you're headed in the right direction once the postseason yeah. begins. And the Lady Pirates can hit. Yep. 
Absolutely. They put up big numbers. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> um, I mean, you don't just take away a 23rd district championship from Coronado. No way. Very disciplined. Uh, Liz White's doing a good job in her first year at the helm. Um, in baseball, uh, you know, I think friendship's going to be very competitive. I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Coronado. Levy Cooper again because uh, Coronado won the district, yes, but that was a tough district. It yeah. really was. And they were able to kind of take one away from them there at the end of uh, that last district game that mm-hmm. they played with Coronado. Yeah, Cooper derailed uh, Coronado from having a perfect district record. Not take anything away from them, though. Coronado won it. Yep. They it, deserved it. It's it, what they graduated, and I always say this, but I'm impressed with turnaround. When teams have big turnaround and they still are able to put together a really good team, and that's what they did. So just to recap, this week, this weekend is going to be, we're going to be at Lowry Field for the regional track. Um, your Friday paper will be all about the girls' golf regional. And then we're going to hop back into softball as well as the baseball playoffs uh, next week. Softball, um, they're going to play their first round. We'll catch up with them Friday. Uh, boys baseball, obviously baseball, will uh, start Friday, next Friday as well. And uh, from that point on, we'll be pretty baseball-centric with exception to the uh, state golf and track meets. So that's what we can look ahead to as this academic year winds down and this podcast is winding down. Hey, Brian, it was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll do this again, obviously, next week. Sounds good. We'll see y'all next time.